you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Jazzcast Pros. The social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that influence health outcomes. They are the lived conditions in which people are born, in which they grow, in which they work, in which they live, and in which they age. They are important influence on health inequities and the unfair and avoidable differences in health status seen within and between countries. The lower the social economic position, the worse the health. And so what we have to focus our energies and attentions on is the systemic changes that are necessary in our communities to make sure and ensure that every individual, and especially those in the African-American community who have suffered from years of historical and generational trauma as an outcome of enslavement in all kinds of policies and laws that have been a constant threat to our very existence. And we're going to tell our story from our perspective, right? And that's what we're committed to doing here, our Igniting Hope podcast, to bring health equity to our community. It's never been done in America. Well, now is the time. Now is the time. Welcome to Igniting Hope Radio, where we realize the differences between equity and equality. Here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, quite frankly, we don't want equality. We want equity. The only way to change hearts and minds is through emotional engagement, to get people behind it, and continuously support the concept with facts. This is our aim and our mission weekly as you join Pastor George on Igniting Hope Radio. Especially African-American women in the healthcare system. Oftentimes people will, and correctly so, point to this guy Sims, who was considered the father of gynecology, who actually experimented on slave women, enslaved African women, to develop his techniques on how to deal with delivering babies and performing uh, surgeries and things of that nature as it relates to obstetrics and gynecology. But when you look more closely at the historical context of this, you'll find that Sims was just behaving the way that everybody else was behaving in that time period, right? So we're talking about the time of enslavement of African people here in America. And so doctors all across the, the country were, were experimenting on, our, on African women. They were not properly uh, anesthetizing them or giving them pain things. So while he was morally uh, wrong for the things that he was doing, he was not an outlier. And why is this important? It's important because as we move forward, we have to look at things systemically as opposed to identifying just individuals 
who who behave immorally or or racistly or or however you want to look at it but to understand that they are they are product of a system that while on on the human side they'll know that their behavior is wrong but it was also socially acceptable because of the dehumanization of African people here in America. Now, how does that relate to, to where we are now? Well, there's this there's continued lessening the value or dehumanizing African-American people in our culture today, even after emancipation and through Jim Crow and other uh, legislative actions of this country. But the the thought process towards uh, people of African descent has always been and continues to be that we're less than. Let me try to go come another way at this. The World Health Organization, which came into to play to look at health outcomes all across the, the world, and they will explain health outcomes through the lens of the social determinants of health. And the World Health Organization would say this, the social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that influence health outcomes. They are the conditions in which people are born, they grow, work, live, and age, and the wider set of forces and systems shaping the conditions of daily life. These forces and systems include economic policies and systems, development agendas, social norms, social policies, and political systems. Let me say that again, because that's very, very important. They are the lived conditions in which people are born, in which they grow, in which they work, in which they live, and in which they age, and the wider set of forces and systems shaping the conditions of life. These forces are systems. The social determinants of health, their important influence on health inequities and the unfair and avoidable differences in health status seen within and between countries. In countries at all levels of income, health and illness follow a social gradient. The lower the social economic position, the worse the health. Now, how do we overlay that into what's happening here in the United States of America? Well, we think about World Health Organization zeroing in on social economic status, the social economic conditions, right? And then you think about in America today, the wealth gap between African Americans and whites, whereas African Americans have a wealth of about uh, maybe about ten or eleven thousand dollars wealth. That's how much income. And then you look at the wealth of whites. Uh, up over $160,000. So for every dollar of wealth an African-American may have, whites will have $18. So that is a huge economic uh, barrier, an economic disparity, right? We're talking about 2022. We're talking about right now. And all of this is a byproduct, a byproduct or an outcome of the enslavement of African people from 1619 up through early 1860s and gone past that. And then when you think about the system of sharecropping and other things was just, you know, enslavement that was kind of reshaped in, in different forms and fashions, right? And the inability for African-Americans to, to obtain wealth 
to impact our lived conditions, our environments, right? And then when you have policies like redlining, blockbusting, right? Gentrification, all these things are at play. These are all things that are at play right now. And so now when you look at a community like the community that we're, we're focusing on, the African-American community in the city of Buffalo, and you find that, you know, 40% of the people in these communities all across the city of Buffalo are living in poverty. And then some of these neighborhoods, 70 to 80% of the people are living in poverty. Well, the, so the World Health Organization clearly tells us that, that the social, one of the social determinants of health is the social economic environment, the social system. And so now when we look at data, we see that the African-Americans living in some of these communities are 300% more likely to have a chronic disease. So we have to understand, we have to help this community center the issues of health disparities and the driving factors around the health disparities and to get the community at large, white and black, institutions, government, private and public sector to recognize that there has to be, be concentrated and intentional effort to shift the economic, social economic environment where the majority of African Americans live, the lived environment. Dr. Henry Taylor, who will be a guest on one of our podcasts, has done a great job of identifying and documenting the inequalities in the housing system in this city that, that has been gone on for generations, a systems problem. So it's not about necessarily the individuals who represent these systems, but the systems itself are what drive the inequalities. So at one level, we can vilify the individuals that maybe do some heinous things and, and their role in participating in these systems by their positions of privilege and power, like Dr. Sims in gynecology. But if we only focus on that, for example, if we just focus on taking down statues and monuments of individuals who did things that were inappropriate, and that's the right thing to do. I'm not saying don't do those things, but if we don't take down the systems while we're taking down the statues, then what we'll find is that we will not see the outcomes. We won't find the changes that we need. So yeah, you can replace a statue and a monument, but it's easier to do that than to replace a system. And so what we have to focus our energies and attentions on is the systemic changes that are necessary in our communities to make sure and ensure that every individual, and especially those in the African-American community who have suffered from years of historical and generational trauma as an outcome of enslavement and all kinds of, of policies and laws that have been a constant threat to our very existence. And so what we're going to do and what we have been doing with the Buffalo Center for Health Equity is focusing on those systemic changes that need to take place. Focusing on research so that we understand, we have a clear understanding of what the conditions really are. 
focusing on community engagement so that we can hear from the people in the community who are living through this situation as it is and listen to them about remedies and, and things that will help shift or move the needle. We're going to focus on policy development because public policy influences all of us, right? There's a reason why people will spend billions of dollars to put people in position for jobs where they're only going to pay $800,000, $150,000, right? But because the policymakers impact the economic condition of America. And so we want to have policies that are more equitable for those within our community. We're going to focus on neighborhood development. You know, recently, you know, that we had this incident at McKinley High School, and the school itself is limited in what it can do. But the problems with our children are related to the homes that they're in, and the problems within their homes are related to the neighborhoods that they're in. So it makes no sense to blame children, blame parents, or blame anybody. It's a system that we have to correct, and we can't vilify folks. We can't say, well, you know, okay, we could change the people who are in position, get a new principal, get a new superintendent, get a new this, that, and the other. But if we don't make the systems changes... Dr. Sims has been dead, long been dead, but yet today black women are still having worse birth, worse birth outcomes than white women, and he did. So it's the system, it's the legacy, it's what the American story has been for our people that puts us in this condition. And we have to talk about uh, neighborhood development, policy development, community engagement, research, and then we have to do communication. We're going to help storytelling is part of our tradition and we're going to tell our story from our perspective right why is that important because when we want to put forth policy changes and systems changes we have to be able to communicate them to our people but we also have to, to do it in such a way that it clearly identifies how it's going to impact our lives people will be critical of our folks not voting well, the low voting numbers are attributed to people not believing or understanding or seeing how certain things will impact their lives. So it's our job to communicate clearly how these policy changes and others will help bring quality of life, of peace and prosperity. We're under too much stress. Just being black in America is a stressful experience. We have to change that. And that's what we're committed to doing here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity. And I appreciate so much you taking the time to listen to our podcast, our Igniting Hope podcast today. And over the, over the course of the next few weeks and months and even years, we are going to invite you to come and to join us in this movement to bring health equity to our community. It's never been done in America. From the existence of this republic, we have never had health equity. Well, now is the time. Now is the time for us to fight for it, to work for it, and demand it. If you want more information about the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, go on to our website, buffalohealthequity.org. And I want you to maybe drop some questions, some topics, some things that you want us to talk about here on these podcasts. Because we want to develop a, a tool that addresses the things that are on your mind. We want to direct, create spaces where we can try to find answers and solutions to some very, very difficult questions. We have our perspective. 
but we know that with your voices, we'll get a clearer picture on what needs to be done. So this is Pastor George Nicholas, Chair of the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, inviting you to tune in to our next Igniting Hope podcast. It's a podcast. I, gotta, I might say broadcast or podcast in between, but this work with me. But we're so grateful that you took the time today, and we're going to have some exciting guests, some exciting people who are doing some great work, not only in Buffalo, but around the country. They're going to be joining us for some very important conversations as we build a community of hope, a community of caring, and a community of equity. So thank you so much. Until we meet again, this is Pastor George Nichols from Buffalo Center for Health Equity. And it's been Igniting Hope Radio with Pastor George Nicholas. We hope that you've enjoyed this weekly dose of hope as we disrupt the system and create a more equitable outcome. Until next time, be well, be healthy, and stay safe. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.